Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, send it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter, Radio Detectives, and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. Before we get started, I want to encourage you to check out my two other podcasts, uh, the War, uh, the War.GreatDetectives.net, where we're going through a series of World War II, uh, programs, uh, and nearing the end of, uh, World War II. And, uh, also check out the Old Time Radio Superman show, LaserAndSword.com. Well, this is a new week, and we bring you a new actor as Inspector Peter Black of Scotland Yard. Ted DeCorsia, played uh, Black during the first season and a short summer series in 1949 and 50. In 1951, CBS decided to bring back the series, but this time with Ben Wright in the title role. Wright was uh, one of those uh, character actors. He did not get a whole lot of starring roles, but he was very good at creating very strong uh, characters Probably his most famous radio role was on the radio version of Have Gun, Will Travel, where he uh, played Hey Boy, the Chinese uh, bellboy who appeared in most episodes of the series. This is one of two starring series roles that uh, Ben Wright had in radio. The other was the last uh, star of the Adventures of Sherlock Holmes uh, franchise, starring in that series in the 1949-50 season. And we also heard him about a year ago, starring in an adaptation of The Lost Special. So we'll see how he does. This is the fourth episode of the summer run from July and August of 1951. Uh, the title is The uh, Pursuit of the Lonely Heart, original air date, July 31st of 1951. Pursuit, a criminal strikes and takes quickly back into the shadows of his own dark world. And then, the man from Scotland Yard, the famous inspector Peter Black, and the dangerous, relentless pursuit. When man hunts man. Now, with Ben Wright starred as the famous inspector Peter Black of Scotland Yard, we bring you tonight's story. Pursuit of the Lonely Heart.
าพี่ลงเดี๋ยวกูเดี๋ยวยูจะฮัปเดี๋ยวลงสุดท้ายกูจะไปด้วยกันเชื่อมีแค่สิ่งเดียวสิ่งเดียวก็เลยน่าดายบุญขึ้นเรื่องสิ่งสิ่งว่าสมทบแฮปปี้วิดีโอสุดท้ายสุดท้ายบุญสุดท้ายสุดท้ายสุดท้ายสุดท้ายสุดท้ายสุดท้ายสุดท้ายสุดท้ายสุดท้ายสุดท้ายสุดท้ายสุดท้ายสุดท้ายสุดท้ายสุดท้ายสุดท้ายสุดท้ายสุดท้ายสุดท้ายสุดท้ายสุดท้ายสุดท้ายสุดท้ายสุดท้ายสุดท้ายสุดท้ายสุดท้ายสุดท้ายสุดท้ายสุดท้ายสุดท้ายสุดท้าย I wonder if I may ask you a few questions, Mr. Leach. They concern your wife. We'd like to know what you did with her body. He was rather an extraordinary little man, quite round, with an angelic face crowned by a fringe of fine white hair. He was obviously the kindest old man in the world. And unfortunately, Scotland Yard also suspected that he'd murdered his wife Esther at least two years before. There'd been no concrete evidence, only the woman's sudden disappearance. That and accumulated testimonies and clues gathered over a period of time. Therefore, there was no choice but to take him down to the yard for questioning. This is a terrifying experience, Inspector. Terrifying. Do sit down, Mr. Leach. You have no right to walk. No right at all. This. Shocking accusation. No right at all. You are not under arrest, Mister. I suppose you can't do any harm. I've been questioned. I mean, after all, although you're quite wrong. I mean, it's absolutely absurd. This accusation. That's kind of you, Mister. Leach. Then uh, we may proceed. Terribly upset. Yes, of course. Mister. Leach, two years ago, your wife Esther Leach disappeared. Yes. She left in her will an amount of money. I believe it was two thousand pounds. Yes, but it has not been proved that she is dead. I have not collected one farthing. You were aware of the terms of the will? Of course, as she was aware of the terms of mine. Uh-huh. And where did you meet your wife? Through a, a club, as it were. Souls in distress. They advertise, you know, but uh, perfectly respectable. Yes, I'm sure. And Mr. Leach, several of your neighbors have testified that on the last night Esther Leach was seen alive, a violent quarrel took place at your home. Nothing of the sort. I deny. I deny. Uh, Lovers quarrel, perhaps, but violent. No. And at the inquest, you stated that she left the following morning to take a holiday. Exactly. Esther was a strong woman. She felt that she needed to be apart for a few days in order to. To replenish our souls. Hmm. She didn't tell you where she was going. No. And yet for three months you didn't feel it necessary to notify the police when she didn't return. No. We were adults. I need to say, for my side, was understandable. You wrote to him. Time, time. Did you have those letters? They were penny postcards, and I destroyed them. When I realized she deserted me, I had no wish to commune with the past. Well, where were the cards posted from? The great many places. Esther was a wander, Plymouth, Horsley, Bournemouth, a great many places. She never gave an address. Yes, I see. Well, tell me, Mr. Leach, 
Did your wife own your shop and the flat above before your marriage? We were a partner. Before you married? She owned it. Uh, I think that'll be all for the present. Um, unless you have something to add. Nothing in fact. Nothing at all, except that I'm shocked that she suspected me of doing an injury to my wife. She was here for my solicitor. Good morning. Now, look here, Black. I took Agnes to the case because he wasn't making progress. Now you tell me that I made a mistake. You asked me, sir. All right. What would you have done? Well, I would have gone on where Abinsel left off. Kept a watch on me. I'd let him know we suspected. Well, obviously too late for that. Yes, sir. Last it, man. We've got to do something. If the fellow's a murderer, he's been laughing at it for two years. I'll do what I can, Commissioner. I want the body found. That's what I want. And I want Leach. If he's our man, sir, you'll get him. What do you mean? If he's our man? Well, as I told you, sir, he didn't admit to the charge. So until I can obtain the necessary proof, there's always the slight chance that he did not kill his wife. Poppycock, the man's guilty. Why, Mr. Arreston? You know we can't do that. He's sufficient evidence. Exactly, sir. I'm sorry. It's all right. I'm not much of today. Liberation. I know, sir. I feel just about the same. I have floated for breakfast. <laughs> It was a nasty case, there was no doubt of that, and putting the suspect on guard had made it even more difficult. I went to Inspector Adamson's report. I noted one point that seemed to stand out. The missing woman's nephew, Richard Cade, seemed very insistent in his belief that his aunt had no intention of going away, that it was most unlikely her to do so. And since this was contrary to Mr. Leach's statement, I decided to pay a call on the dead gentleman. He owned a garage in the old Kent Road. When you finish that job, just get to the blue nasty, will you? Oil and water. What? I beg your pardon. Can you tell me where I'll find Mr. Cade? Uh, Richard Cade? That's me. Oh. He's Inspector Black, Scotland Yard. What, again? Look here, one of your chaps has been nosing around asking questions for two years now. I know. What's the matter? They give him the sack? No, not exactly, sir. And they should have done. Don't notice my auntie's turned up. Well, that's why I'm here, Mr. Cade. You suggested that it was doubtful that Mrs. Leach would have taken a trip under any circumstances. That's what I was telling them. Of course, they didn't listen. But why do you say that? Look, I knew Auntie before she married that awful swine Leach. She wouldn't take a step out of London. Said she was born here and would die here. Well, she might have changed her mind. Not Auntie, not her. Stubborn old pleader Auntie was. Was, Mr. Cage? Come on, come on. You know as well as me that Mr. Butter wouldn't melt in your mouth standing these bitter in. He and that girl of his. Ah, he's a sly one. Have you seen her? Works in toys at Selfridges. Uncle Sam's got that balmy look in his eye. Really? Oh, you've got a surprise coming. Ada Willis. It is quite a piece of good. Of course, I don't know as I blame him. Auntie did have a face like a suet pudding. Still, still, there's no reason to murder her. That is going a bit far, isn't it? Yes, a bit, Mr. Ted. Well, I'm sorry to have taken up your time. Oh, that's all right. Hope you'll do better than the other one. I'd like to know that poor old auntie is not floating about. It doesn't seem right somehow. Your anxiety does you credit, Mr. Ted. 
I'll let you know what happened. Thank you so much. This was something that had not been in Adamsville's report. A girl, Ada Willis. That piece of information from the morning nephew, I hoped, would bring us a step closer to the murderer. So I went to Selfridges and to the toy department. It was early afternoon and the floor wasn't crowded. A girl at the Meccano counter pointed out Ada Willis to me. She was winding a tiny mechanical doll when I saw her. And I remember how extraordinarily beautiful her hands were. This Willis wasn't quite what I had expected. Oh, good afternoon, sir. I'd like to see one of those dolls. How, how does it work? I'll show you. <laughs> how much are they? Don't No, the police. He's such a happy little chap. He's my favorite, too. Oh, you like policemen? I don't know. Does one? I never thought about it, really. I'm a policeman. Oh. I should have said that when I first spoke to you. Why? Because I'm here on official business. Oh. Now I understand. May I ask you some questions, or would you rather wait until you get off? Very concerned, Stanley Leach. I'm not allowed to snap with customers, but you're hardly that, are you? No. My name's Black. Chief Inspector Peter Black. I know. Stanley phoned me. Oh, did he? He said he might find out about me and wanted to warn me. You know why? Yes. You think he murdered his wife. Oh, he told you about that. Oh, yes, some time ago. And I expect you believe that I had something to do with it, too. Did you? No. Um, uh, is Leach planning to marry you? Yes. May and December. It's rather funny, isn't it? Are you going to marry him? If I have to. If you have to. Yes. Unless I can find out what I want before that happens. I'm not sure that I follow you. You suspect that Stanley killed his wife. Well, I know that he did. And I'll marry him if I have to, to prove it. Now, do you understand? heard that a picture is worth 10,000 words, but do you realize that you're worth 10,000 pictures? For whatever you do, reflect on America. And this reflecting on other persons is a big thing in life. This means that we should go out of our way to show our neighbors overseas what America really means. Don't forget, you're an important part of the American way of life. You might say a living, moving illustration of the folks back home. So here's a real chance to be a goodwill ambassador in the service of your country. Remember, you are worth 10,000 pictures. Now, the second act of Pursuit of the Lonely Heart. say that you know Stanley Leach killed his wife? Yes. But you have no proof. Mrs. Leach's body is the proof. 
someday I'll find out what he did with it. Why is it so important to you? I don't think I want to answer that. Well, you want to help the police learn the truth, don't you? I'm more interested in finding out myself. You haven't done much for two years. Can you tell me one thing? What makes you so certain about me? Because if she'd gone away as he said she did, she would have written to me. And she would have come back. How do you know? Well, I can't tell you. Look, don't you know that if it's to lead to an arrest, I'll have to find out? I suppose so, but at the moment, I can do more than you can. Even if you have to marry him? Even that. At that point, there was no earthly use in warning Miss Willis that from her testimony she could be held as a material witness. In the first place, I knew that she'd be uncooperative. And in the second, it would only serve to give further warning to Stanley Leak, if he was our man. I returned to the yard, and in my office, I once again went over Inspector Adamsel's report on the case. But there was a diminutive mechanical policeman on my desk. I found myself thinking of the toy department in Selfridges. And so I made inquiries concerning the Ada Willis. I learned a number of things, but not enough. How would you like my job, Martin? Not particularly, sir. Are you afraid of responsibility? No, sir. But Mrs. Moffat wouldn't be very happy, and I shouldn't like some of the things you have to do. Are you implying that I like it? I know you don't, sir. Anything I can do, sir? Cut the You're a perceptive devil, Martin. You ask me, sir, what you need is a long holiday. And if I may say so... Find yourself a nice girl and get married. Yes, well, I didn't ask you, and you may not say so. Sorry, sir. Well, you're probably right. Look, Moffat, if you wanted to kill your wife, what would you do with her body? Never occurred to me, sir. Now, think about it, sir. Oh, sir. I don't know. Burial in the garden? No, it's too dangerous. That's it up in the parcel and throw her into the sea. That's been done. She'd wash up sooner or later. Mm. Uh, Bernie? Uh, bones. See, there's always something to give you away. Not if the Bernie hasn't been searched. It wasn't either in Mr. Leakey's case. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't think that he would have taken the chance anyway. Uh, have you noticed in the report an interesting thing about Leach? His background? He took in a jack of all trades, sir. Well, allied trades, more like it. Undertaker, hospital attendant, taxidermy. Stuff like that would have rather neat methods of disposing of a body. The first job seems to be out of place, sir. Well, that belonged to Mrs. Leach. It didn't cost him anything. Uh, uh, you can run along, Moffitt. I'll, uh, I'll see you in the morning. Right, sir. <laughs>
During the next week, I went over every piece of information which had been gathered in the two years following Estelice's disappearance. Moffat and I questioned everybody. Friends, trade people, and the answers were uniformly similar. Each one suspected, swore, and made direct accusations. But not one could give the slightest thread of evidence. I finally came to the next-door neighbor who claimed to have heard sounds of a violent quarrel between the leases. He was a middle-aged man who lived alone, and he had the appearance of a witness who would not be prone to exaggeration or malicious gossip. I don't know much, but I can tell you, Inspector, two years ago now, I gave my evidence to that other chap, uh, Adamsell, wasn't it? Yes, Mr. Palmer. Phil, if you don't mind, I should like you to refresh your memory. Do my best. Um, in your testimony, you stated that the only phrase you were able to hear clearly was, I won't have it in the house. Is that correct? What? You kept saying it over and over. Well, about how long would you say the argument kept up? Oh, I don't know. Half, three quarters of an hour. I mind my own business, Inspector. Yeah, in this instance, Mr. Palmer, I'm rather sorry that you did. And, and uh, tell me, did you know Mrs. Leach very well before she married? She'd have a word or two. Nice woman, I'd say. A bit sentimental. I suppose that came of loneliness. But would you say that until the time you heard the quarrel, they were happy together? Yes. Yes, I'd say that. Hmm. Mr. Brown, would you please think very carefully before you answer? Did anything, anything at all, out of the ordinary take place next door after Mrs. Leach was missing? Either something you may have seen in the shop, or that's in the flat, in the garden, possibly. I'm not quite sure what would be out of the ordinary. Digging at night. Hammering. Unusual amounts of smoke from the chimney. Anything? No. No, I, I don't think so. All right. Oh, uh, what about the young woman that the leech sees? Uh, that's an odd one. Can't make head or tail of it. Does she come here often? I couldn't say. A few times ago, she's been to the shop. Mm-hmm. When did the visit start? Uh, first time I saw was about a month ago. Uh, thank you, Mr. Palmer. But there haven't been much help. I'll show you the door. Hello, what's that? Parrot. Leach keeps it upstairs in the flat. You belong to her. Oh. Oh, it's That reminds me of something. What? It's been a couple of days or so after Mrs. Leach had gone. I remember it was about 10 o'clock. The, the parrot screamed like that. And about two minutes later, Leach knocked on the door. He burned his finger, wanted something to put on it. Was it a bad burn, Mr. Palmer? No, quite not, sir. Could it have been caused by acid, then? I don't know. Is that different? To a doctor, yes. He said he burned it on the stove. But he must have kept his finger there for a long time to get it looking that way. Didn't seem important enough to tell the police, though, and I forgot. Ah. Exactly what I meant, Mr. Palmer. Thank you very much indeed. At Scotland Yard, we're in possession of several known facts concerning murder in the British Isles. We know, for instance, that approximately 140 murders will take place during a year, and some 35 of these will occur in London. 
We also know that a great number of these crimes will be solved within hours. Others take longer according to the difficulties encountered by the scientific laboratories. In the pursuit of the lonely heart, however, we were faced with the problem of few, if any, physical clues. Missing body was an outstanding example. But this fact, too, was the knowledge that we now had worked in our favor. In Britain, the murderer's chief disadvantage lies in getting rid of the body. In the confines of this island, it poses tremendous problems. And with this in mind, I find Muffet a task which I hoped would in a few hours lead us to the body of Mrs. Sandy Leach, whom I knew now, without a doubt, was dead. Then I obtained the home address of Miss Ada Willis and went to... Good evening, Miss Willis. May I come in for a moment? I'm going out here, Mrs. Well, I can't keep you long. Thank you. Thank you. Miss Willis, will you tell me the truth now? What is it that you know about Mrs. Leach? Why are you so positive that she was murdered? I won't tell you. Because you're afraid? No. That's a lovely portrait. Yes, your baby, Miss Willis? No, I'm not. Try to resemble him. My sister. You haven't got a sister. Nor a brother. You're unmarried and you've been divorced for three years. I've got to go out now. An appointment with Stanley Lee. Perhaps. I yes. think you'd better tell me everything. You see, we know a good deal already. It'll make it easier, I think. <laughs> Although the information I received from Ada Willis was nearly enough, I made no arrest that evening. As a matter of fact, it took four more days to locate the body, and only then were we ready to proceed. With the evidence at hand, I called the principal witnesses and the murderer to the yard. Now, this wasn't done for the sake of a dramatic accusation, but rather with the hope that, confronted by absolute proof, the killer would make a confession, thereby saving the court a considerable amount of money. Are you ready, sir? Right, Moffitt. Bring him in. Come in, please. Uh, Mr. Leach, will you sit here, please? And Willis, here. Mr. Cade, here. Righto. And Mr. Palmer. Yes, sir. Thank you. Now, to begin with, Mr. Leach, we know that your wife is dead. Oh, oh my. Due to the circumstances surrounding her disappearance, certain accusations have been leveled against you. I know. Unkind, terrible accusations. Now, Mr. Cade, you stated that your aunt would never have taken a trip away from London. That's right. Auntie hated to travel. Never did. Oh, but you're mistaken. She did. She did so. Very well. Mr. Palmer, you testified that you heard a quarrel. That the words were not distinguishable except for one phrase. I won't have it in the house. That's what he said over and over. Mr. Leach, would you care to tell me what it's referred to? I don't quite remember, but... Uh... Could it have been a baby? A baby that Mrs. Leach was planning to adopt? Good heavens, no. Miss Willis, 
You said that had Mrs. Leach gone away, he would have written and most certainly returned. Yes. I had a baby three years ago. It was sent to an orphan. Mrs. Leach was going to a doctor since I couldn't take him back myself. He got she doesn't need to tell me. Go on, Miss Willis. I was working at Chelsea's, and Mrs. Leach stopped there quite often when we became friendly. I told her about the baby. She never had one of her own. After she married Mr. Leach, she decided to adopt mine. Did she tell him about the idea? No. Not until she made arrangements with the orphan. That's when she told him. The night before. The night before your wife took her trip, Mr. Leach. We quarreled. I admit that. But she said she was going away to give me time to think things over. Mr. Palmer, you said that three evenings later, Mr. Leach came over and asked for help. He had a burn on his finger. With an acid burn, Mr. Leach, wasn't it? No. No, I burned it on the stove. Really? So that brings us to the unfortunate woman's body. Margaret, would you ask Mr. Buckley to come in? Mr. Buckley, please. Mr. Buckley, do you recognize any one of the persons seated here? Good gentleman. Mr. Leach? Yes, sir. Can you tell what you know? From well, as I remember about... Year and ten months ago, he asked me if I'd be interested in buying something for the studio. You'd done business with him before? Oh, yes. When he was in the taxidermist business, we used to purchase animals, is that right? Your studio is a film company. That's right, I'm in property department. Go on. Mr. Leach said he acquired a nice skeleton specimen. Oh. Oh, no. All right, Marcus, let him go. Bye, Mr. Buckley. You bought the skeleton? Yes, sir. I have the bill of sale. Well, Mr. Leach? You don't. You couldn't. The dental work in the skull was identified. It was Mrs. Leach. Yesterday, your workroom was examined. Wire and other substances were found and exactly matched the materials used in the skeleton. I'm not where I shall ask to be excused. You married her for her money. You quarreled, and she proposed the adoption, and in a fit of anger, killed her. I didn't mean to kill her. It was an accident. It was... She was a good woman. I... Stanley Leach, you're not obliged to say anything unless you wish to do so, but whatever you say will be taken down in writing and later given in evidence. Take him away, Martin. The discovery of the skeleton had involved a city-wide search and had been based on the knowledge we possessed of Stanley Leach's background. Although the disposal of the body was bizarre, it very nearly accomplished the impossible for the murderer. A perfect murder. The say Willis was married a few weeks ago, and her baby is once again with her. Pursuit. And the pursuit is ended.
Welcome back. Well, I've always enjoyed uh, Ben Wright's interpretation of Inspector Black, and I think this is a a good episode to illustrate uh, that. I also really enjoyed the twist with the girlfriend and what she was trying to achieve in the story. And I thought, well, the uh, solution showed that the killer was kind of crazy as well as reckless. It was a clever solution to a problem that Inspector Black made clear was one of the big challenges any killer faced with uh, committing a murder on uh, in England. I will admit that some of the characters and portrayals of the British seemed a bit stereotypical in this version, particularly the nephew who was very British in all of his responses. And uh, I always have a bit of a mixed uh, feeling on organ scores. The previous uh, version of Pursuit had... Uh, Lee Stevens' orchestral score. This one has Eddie Dunstetter doing an organ score. And some of those I like, some of them I don't. This one, uh, it seemed kind of overpowering. Others I like, such as the ones on Frank Race, and Let George Do It was decent as well. But uh, this is the first episode in that era. The uh, three prior episodes that uh, we don't have are Pursuit in Petticoat Lane, Pursuit at Dunster Fair, and Pursuit of the Killer Who Wasn't There. Well, actually, that will do it for today. We will be back uh, tomorrow with Pat Novak for Hire, and join us back here next Monday for another great episode of Pursuit. In the meantime, send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter, Radio Detectives, and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives from Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.